Once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Then I jumped on the bandwagon. I'm your host, Aaliyah, and this is Heavy Business, a podcast where we talk to music industry professionals and musicians and learn together about the music industry, marketing, and other tools that can help you promote the music you put so much effort into creating. Today's podcast is brought to you by the band Angelic Desolation, a death metal band with a full-scale sonic assault and a sound unique enough to call their own, American Razor Grind. Angelic Desolation's upcoming album, Orchestrionic Abortion, releasing on March 31st, 2023, is a gore-fueled assault on the senses, indulging in an appetite for amalgamated grind, thrash, and death metal, coupled with horror stage antics. The Denver, Colorado quartet thrive on creating an utterly brutal sound. It's certain to appeal to fans of rage, inhuman rhythms, and merciless riffs. Follow Angelic Desolation on Spotify today. Hello, and welcome to another edition of heavy business. I'm your host, Aaliyah. And I'm Curtis. And we are here today to talk to the jovial Belgian Jasper, um, who is a YouTube sensation. Thanks for coming on, Jasper. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. How does it feel to surpass um, 1 million views on YouTube? Mm. That was, uh, I'm not going to lie. Like I am, well, you know, uh, all social media, YouTube included, is basically a platform where narcissists and voyeurs uh, or voyeurists come together. Um, so if you are um, creating content on any social platform, uh, sure, you do it because of your own passion. That is true. Um, but I mean, you want people to see that. Let's not kid ourselves. So uh, I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't care about the whole thing. Like, no, I think it's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, and uh, never thought when I started about two, two and a half years ago that, uh, that that would happen so soon, um, but because uh, I kind of went from nothing, right? Um, so uh, so yeah, no, I'm super pumped about it, um, and um, uh, yeah, it's good to see also like you know individual interviews or videos doing really well. One of my latest ones that I published as we're recording this at least um, was with uh, Villevalo, the, the the singer of him back in the day, bringing out a solo album, and like in a week and a half that interview has been watched over 31,000 times now, um, which for an interview doesn't happen all the time, uh, or at least not that fast. I mean, that's more than the average uh, indie band gets views on a song, you know, so forget about an interview. So uh, cool, cool stuff to see. I'm super excited about it. And it happened right between Christmas and New Year. So it just made the holiday season a little bit more fun. A little bit more festive. I think you've really had, you know, you say you weren't expecting to have the million views happen so soon. And I mean, I'm sure that Ville Valo video helped push you over that that milestone. For sure. But yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, what other things do you think have gotten you to this point? I mean, I'm sure uh, your your integrity and like your the <laughs> fact that you're doing this because you love it. My, my impeccable sense of uh, of humor and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, definitely passion. I think it shows. I think that um, a common feedback, not just from people watching it. I'm not going to use the word fan, although I'm starting to have my own little group of of fans, uh, but. Um, uh, of watchers or viewers and but also um, uh, artists and people behind the scenes a feedback that I get a lot is okay you might not be 
the biggest name out there, not even in Canada when it comes to heavy metal content creation. Um, but you know your stuff, you have passion, and um, somehow it seems I come up with different questions or deeper questions, whatever. I don't know what that is. And I think that comes from preparedness and from a genuine passion for everything and a respect for the people that I talk to, whether or not I like their music. Um, and, and I think that shows. And so um, now, you know, you have to get over a certain threshold before people start to just, you know, see your content more, right? Like if you only have 100 subscribers, you might be the best interviewer out there. You know, it's going to take some time before people see that. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a, a genuine passion and taking this kind of seriously. You know, this is not my day job, far from it. Uh, I take, a, but I spend a lot of time on it. Um, and I know this is going to sound super arrogant, but I want to be the best interviewer out there. And I'm only just learning this. I'm doing this for two years now. Um, but uh, but I I think I learn fast and uh, and 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 it it shows people are re reacting really well to it. Um, and it also made it easier for me as I was beginning to kind of figure out what is my channel really going to be. Um, and I think what I suffered from in the early days that so many channels or people that want to start a channel suffer from or a podcast is they don't really know what they want to do. Like it's like their message or their value proposition, if you will, is not super clear. Now I enjoy doing videos like here's a top 10 albums of the year and here's 10 songs of this particular sub, 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 sub genre that you need to know. Those are fun for me to do. But at the end of the day, my channel right now is 99% interviews. Um, that's what it has become almost by accident. Um, and, and I'm just going to keep going at that. Um, uh, so, you know, I think a lot of people try a lot of different things. And then it's hard as a, as a viewer. Like the reason you like your favorite show on Netflix is because you kind of know what to expect from it. You have a passion for it. If your favorite show is completely different every week, you probably are not going to keep watching it, right? So figuring out your identity is a big part of that. And now it's kind of clear to me, like uh, clear to people around me, like Jasper or Belgian Jasper, he's an interviewer, right? I'll let, you know, I, although we start, we tried starting a bit of a fake online feud and um, I do expect some, some shots at me from my friend Pedro from AMP Reacts. So they do a lot of things, but they predominantly do reactions. They also do interviews. They also do, you know, lists of the month and so on. But as the name suggests, you watch AMP Reacts for the reaction videos. So they figured that out. I figured out, I tried some reactions. I thought it was extremely cringeworthy to watch myself react to something. And I just know I'm not going to do that anymore, right? One thing I've noticed um, is, yeah, what you're saying is that the successful channels mainly dial down on one thing like you said pedro has that nick nocturnal's got his own thing uh right. dan dk even though he's more twitch same thing um so how did you kind of figure that out though because you didn't really say how you kind of went into interviewing being your thing yeah i mean and also like to be honest when i started the channel to begin with i never never even thought that i would interview bands i mean uh was it in my wildest dreams sure but i was just another metal fan Right. And I just wanted to share my passion with my friends, really, you know, and made some like, please don't go to my early videos and watch them. They're still on there, but they're 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 painful. Um, 
but uh, you know, by accident or not by accident, like I, a buddy of mine was in a band so like, Oh, Hey, I'm trying all these different videos, a lot of playlists, a lot of like, just a little bit of more informational, if you will. Um, you want to do an interview and I thought it was really fun. And a lot of people reacted like, Oh, that was so that seems to come that, seems to come yeah i'm not native english speaking so i say weird things but uh that seems to come pretty natural to you now i come from also in my professional life i i i i come from uh, from from sales and building partnerships and stuff like that so i'm not afraid to talk to people um that helps um and uh you know it was fun to do so i kind of got my courage um, and reached out to some bands. A few bands said yes. Okay, now this band said yes. Reach out to another band and kind of work on off of that. Um, I know that we talked about that in the previous uh, uh, previous conversation. Um, uh, happy to go into that in detail if you want me to, but uh, um, it kind of just rolled from there. And then all of a sudden, um, I found myself in a spot where I was no longer chasing interviews. I mean, I still do for specific bands, um, I have a bit of an inside joke with uh, the Napalm Records team, right? Whenever they send me a notification about the band Powerwolf, for example, which in North America is not that big, but in Europe are huge. Um, and um, every time I get like an email, like a press email, like, oh, this new single, this new tour, whatever, I always respond back like, yeah, I want an interview. And they go like, ah, oh, Powerwolf only does like five interviews every cycle. And it's only with the biggest magazines. Plus, they're not very comfortable speaking English, potentially they're from Germany. Um, but we've got this ongoing kind of like joke that if they mention powerful, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me when the interview is. And that's not happening anytime soon. But um, in the meantime, I've interviewed bands like, you know, KK Downing from Judas Priest, uh, uh, Sepultura, uh, Alter Bridge, which was a big name for me uh, to get on my channel. And um, I know that I only got that interview because very last minute, a big publication said, sorry, we can't make the planned interview. And a, a PR team called me up and said, hey, tomorrow, that time, take it or leave it. Can you talk to Mark Tremonti? I was like, yes, I will clear my schedule and I will do that. Um, so I'm still chasing interviews. However, I'm now in a position and I have been um, much faster than I thought I was going to be um, in a situation where PR teams, labels, like you guys as well, obviously, send me daily information about, hey, this is coming. Are you interested in an interview? And I'm at the spot where, you know, two years ago, I said yes to everything that came my way. Now I probably get 200 emails a day. Um, and so I'm obviously not going to ask for an interview um, for uh, every email. I mean, at Curtis, I think today you sent me at least eight emails, right? I so, sent you two. Everybody else sent you, sent you more. Uh, that's not true. You sent me way more than that. <laughs> but, um, but that's the thing, right? I mean, uh, so, so, and it's nice to be in that situation. It's also like, you can't support everybody. I wish I could. Um, I love talking to underground bands, new bands that I've never heard of. Uh, is it, is it, is it really fun to do an interview with a band that I grew up a fan of? Yes. A hundred percent. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, might be a little bit more nervous, but um, the appreciation you get from a from a from an from a newer band, um, because I'll still I'll I'll prepare just as much time, maybe even more, for a new band that has only released one EP and about to release their full album than if I have to talk to Hammerfall that I grew up listening to. And you can put me in front of Hammerfall right now, and as because I've, I'm a fan, I know every song they've ever made. 
I can just, you know, start riffing. Um, so it's kind of cool, that whole process. Like I've discovered so much new music, uh, which is really, that's like the best thing that came out of this for me is I've discovered so much music that I've fallen in love with. Um, you know, Curtis, you reached out to me when I published my top 50 albums of the year list. And you're like, oh, hey, there was like, you know, a, a good amount of bands that we promoted around that list. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and and all of them never heard of them before. Yeah. Uh, but but thanks to you know them working with a team like yours and you pushing that, I who I th I think I know a lot about metal, but every day I discover new things and that's so exciting, right? So I want to share that in a way. And um, yeah, I forgot which question I'm answering, but that's uh, well, we really took us down a trail there. Oh. <laughs> it leads into Aaliyah's question actually that she was gonna. Well uh kind of not exactly i was trying to set you up for success alia come on but i can't and throws you under the bus right in front of i was I, I, was I was trying i was trying to make it smooth i'm sorry that's all good uh i i was gonna just say i can testify to the fact that you interview unknown bands just with just as much care as you do the more known bands as you interviewed my band shield of wings last year in promotion of our album and it was such a great interview and we really appreciated uh the time you put into preparing that for us um i still want to play the anvil when you come to toronto uh, oh yeah and, man and play the album for sure <laughs> um that's a deal um so when it comes to the smaller independent mm -hmm. bands what can they be doing to potentially attract more attention from people like you make them seem more interest make themselves more interesting and make themselves stand out right um now they're um in in, in most cases like so do bands that are that are so new or so quote-unquote indie that they don't even work with a pr team and i know that sounds maybe a little bit i don't know facetious or arrogant even but because i know that not every band out there that is starting to play the first thing they're going to think about is oh we have to hire a pr team 100 uh, i mean not like everybody I, I gets that right that. i suppose yeah. if they're listening to this podcast they probably know but they, they either know or they're figuring they out what they have to you, do right you, you so, guys you guys would be surprised at some of the questions that have been asked over the years but yeah, <laughs> yeah no but so it's a um so uh there are bands that will it's not that hard to find my contact. Like my email is, I'm pretty sure, both on my YouTube channel and my Instagram page. Those are the two areas that I promote my content. I'll post in Facebook groups as well, but then there's not going to be my contact. Um, so you can find a way to reach out to me. Um, and I do get emails time to time from bands themselves and go like, hey, we like what you do. Can you give us a listen? Often that is on Instagram via a message. Just a quick Quick note here for, for bands out there, um, uh, just like email, Instagram has a junk folder on your uh, messaging. And so uh, very often when you reach out out of the blue to somebody that you don't that, that is not following you or you're following them or whatever, something like that, um, if you add a link to that, that is very automatically sent to a junk folder. Um, so just be watchful of that. It's often better to start a conversation and don't just go like, hey, here's a link to, you know, you can download my album and, you know, I'd love for you to promote me. Just a bit of a quick uh, side note or a quick tip. Um, but people do reach out to me and I'm to be completely transparent. Um, you're not going to be my top priority. I will take a look at it, uh, but it's not it. 
I get, you know, I'm, I'm, I have built over two years now a relationship with certain labels and certain PR teams, and they are my priority. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, and sometimes that is because I think what they do is this quality stuff. Sometimes it's because I know maybe that PR team has one band that I really want to interview at some point. And so I'll scratch their back now with releases that are important for them to get some promotion that I might not be that interested in until I listen to the music. Uh, so it's kind of like a give and take kind of relationship. And um, but so, you know, I can only do, I try to do two, three videos a week, um, which is for me a lot. Um, but even with that, uh, these days, every Friday, there's like 20 new good albums. Forget about all the stuff that I'm not interested in. So there's a lot. To, um, and so... Uh, I would highly recommend working with a PR team because I think a lot, to answer your question, Aliyah, a lot of the things that they might not think about or that they should be doing is hopefully what a PR team will 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 do for them or will coach them on. So a couple of key things. And, and even with PR teams, um, and, and, and then I'm not the, the inside person to know whether it's lacking, you know, work from the PR team or from the band. Um, but... Um, uh, I still get a lot of mailers where I have to read through the entire body of text before I find out the the release date, for example. That's one of the first things that I do is like, when is this album coming out? It has to be front and center. You have to tell me that. It has to be very clear. Where can I listen to, if not the full album, at least part of the album? And that should not be a link to a Dropbox. I'm not going to download your album. Um, in my real life or my professional life, I work in cybersecurity. I don't download stuff of people that are randomly sending me stuff right so uh but there's a lot of online platforms that you can share music in a safe and secure way use that and make it super clear to me do you have um, a preference on platforms um uh, i mean uh the easiest i would say is holics um for this and i think that for me that it's the easiest because at least the people that i work with i'm gonna say that 90 percent of labels and agencies that i work with are all on that um, and then what that platform does well compared to some other platforms is um, I just log into my account and everything that's shared with me, no matter who shared it with, it's all there. Where there's other platforms where I have to go into, oh, this labels, you know, bubble and then I have to go to another place. So Holix, I would say, works really well. And if I'm not mistaken, that's also what you guys use, right? So, um, so great. Um, and then the basics. I know that you've had this conversation with a couple of other people. If you don't have a quality band photo, forget about it. If you don't have decent cover art, forget about it. Um, and and um, the wrong or bad artwork can be the right artwork for the right project, right? I mean, the sure. prime examples of those are like, you know, second wave black metal uh, where bands had like obscure photos that were like copied. 10,000 times and you could hardly make out what it was but that now we all agree fits that package quite well today we we don't live in that world anymore um uh i get too many albums sent my way where i feel like a 10 year old with microsoft paint can do a better job than that and uh, I, I, I believe a lot in branding and messaging, um, you know, visual art tells part of your story. And if you're telling me that you're not taking that seriously, then I don't know how serious you are about your music and your journey. So that isn't, that is your music has to be really good to overcome that. I might still listen to it, uh, but it has to be really good. And then I think, um, um, 
a conversation actually uh, last week uh, on the uh, Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday gang, where we had a conversation with uh, Ty from Lords of the Trident. He made a really good point that it's absolutely true. Um, there's a ton of stuff coming out. I already mentioned that I get over probably 200 emails a day. Um, so be specific um, in what you are. When you tell me that you're a Florida death metal band, that's not specific. Um, but um, so um, let's use Shield of Wings as an example. Um, you know, and you could even, and forget even about the moniker of female fronted, which is definitely something that works. Don't get me wrong. And that's both great and unfortunate that we that don't works. use that. But forget, even forget about that. If you go like, hey, we are a neo Gothic power metal band from the Chicago area, that's already a little bit more specific, right? Um, uh, so, so those are all details that that matter because often that's not the case. And um, if I have to go look for information, forget about it. I'm just not going to do it, right? Imagine yourself being in a grocery store. If you don't, if you see a product, if you can't tell what the product is from looking at it, you're not going to buy it, right? So, and it's it's it, there's just so much going on. I think it's a great time for for music. There's probably never been so much great music being made, even if we're all nostalgic for the 70s and the 80s. But um, uh, there's just so much. And that's sometimes tough. You know, it's never been easier to make music, but it's also hard to stand out. So those basics, you have to do that properly. Um, like I hate it when and I and this has happened, you know, this has happened, not naming any names, but with, you know, bands that you've supported, I've had to come back to you guys after an interview when I'm working on the surrounding um, visuals, like, you know, thumbnails, which are super important if you're a content creator, like just having a screenshot of somebody talking to a microphone on zoom call. I think that's lazy as a content creator. Um, it has happened. I had to come back to you like, Hey, can you send me like a quality logo and a quality photo of this band? And sometimes it just doesn't exist. And I'm like, I assume you guys coach your clients on that. You need we this. we we tell them, and ninety nine point nine percent of the time, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, if we find out that they do not have a quality photo, we actually will not take them anymore. Believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. So, and I'm gonna add one more thing, uh, which um, I want to echo because this came up, and I think it was in your latest conversation with Metal Trenches. Actually, it was a uh, Metal Trenches, and I forget who else uh, it was a uh, two people in the conversation, but. Um, Ian Ian Chain. Thank you. Ian. He made a point which is so true, and it's almost superficial, and it's kind of silly or sad, but it's so true. If you are an indie band, and a guy like like a guy like me, sorry, that sounds really arrogant, but somebody is like, "Hey, yeah, I would love to talk to you. I am going to be interviewing Max Cavalera tomorrow, but today I want to talk to you, and I've." done my research i've listened to your music i want to give you a platform i probably have more followers than you at this point um i'm doing this because i think it's cool and you guys have sent some fantastic stuff to me this year right or last year i should say like um there were so many like minerva that album was fantastic um if you then do that and you create and you spend time in editing that video and you put that out um, you know, that band might, may have said at the end of that interview off off camera, like, oh, this was fantastic. Like, you know, it was the best interview we've ever done, blah, 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 blah. And then there's radio silence after that. And that gets on your nerves. So Metal Trenches, I think, called that out, where it's like, if you're a new band 
and I post an interview or I, I give you a shout out in a video and you don't acknowledge that in a way. And again, I know this sounds, this sounds arrogant and sad, but when I post about, hey, here's an interview with, for example, Minerva, Minerva is a perfect example. Five seconds after I posted about that, Minerva posted about the fact like, oh, check out this interview with, with Jasper. It was fun. Here's the link. Um, and then they sent me a private message with like, oh, hey, thank you again for, for talking to us. Um, I'm going to, I think, directly quote Metal Trenches. A thousand percent, I am more likely to promote you next time. Just saying but, thank you. Thank you goes a long way. Yeah. And, and, and again, like, I know it sounds a little shallow and sad, but that's kind of how, you know, the human psyche works. Like I've had bands that are like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Fantastic. And then I post about it and, you know, not, not, not a peep. And I'm like, oh, okay. I thought you guys would appreciate that a little bit more. And I, I know it's, it's a little silly, but well, yeah, but you know, I, for people that have, that don't know me in real life, they're probably thinking, like, listening to this podcast, like, whoa, what a arrogant douchebag this jasper is who really this, thinks this is just manners this in is my just opinion. common courtesy right. honestly yeah. it's like if somebody well, does a thing that helps you out you say thank you well yeah well, it, 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 I've, even, I've, if, uh, even if jasper would comments on the bad like at least acknowledging that he commented you know with a mm -hmm. heart even or like you know uh thank you just something I, you know so, what it, so here's the thing um, for, for any indie band that is trying to get ahead. Um, so this is something that I tell my team at, in, 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 in the world of sales and, and business, right? I believe by this. Um, no matter what sport you like, cheap goals win games. So if, if somebody posts something about you, reaching out to that, keep in mind, every comment that you like and comment on, that's two comments on your video all of a sudden. So if you have a hundred people commenting as a content creator or as a band, you put out a video um, and you've got like 10 fans commenting. If you heart on YouTube, every single comment and reply just with like a thumbs up or a thanks, all of a sudden you have 20 comments in the same amount of time. Yeah. All these things fuel YouTube algorithms, right? Maybe not if you only have 20 comments, but if you talk about 600 comments, all of a sudden you have over a thousand comments just by you responding to every single one of them. Cheap goals win games. Um, by being nice to people, by sending people thank you cards. Uh, Aliyah, I hope you don't mind me sharing, but after our interview, you sent me a thank you card. You even sent me oh, some, yeah. some, some, some merch of Shield okay. of Wings. <laughs> not, not only do I appreciate that, it makes me put on the album more. Yep. I, I wear the t-shirt all the time. Yep. And, and those things, they all help. So there's so many easy ways to to win quote unquote cheap goals. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? And and it helps you, you know, forward. Um, and, and um, you know, people back in the day maybe thought that, no, oh, rock and roll life is like, you know, being the badass and being a tough guy or a tough girl. That's over. Like, I'm sure that both of you have stopped working with bands just because you think like they're not nice people. All like, the time. Being kind is is a courtesy in yeah. in this world and you need to use that. I agree. Um, I think we're getting low on time, but <laughs> as a, a thought exercise, I wanted to explore this concept. Sure. Um, since you're so familiar with YouTube, mm -hmm. imagine you are in a band and you have your uh, band YouTube to manage. Can you think of like 
a few tips that you would give to bands that are trying to enhance and optimize their YouTube channels? Sure. Because you just gave one good tip, the replying to the comments. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm still, I mean, again, I'm, I am a fan, a do-it-yourself fanboy that's getting a little bit of traction. So, I mean, I don't want to come across as feeling too great about myself and so on. I'm in a spot where um, it's possible for me to respond to every comment on my channel, right? Sometimes that's to shut somebody down or to ignore somebody if it's uh, if it's trolling or, or to remove them if it's if it's just, you know, proper bad stuff or to like and, and thank you for people and and what have you. Um, if you are not even, you know, forget about bands like, you know, Metallica or whatever, but if you are a band, let's say the level of, um, I don't know, what is a, a good mid-sized band, but um, let's say Thy Art is Murder, you know, a band that they're never going to play, um, you know, Madison Square Garden, but, you know, they they have a good traction. When you're that size band, you're not going to have the time anymore to do all of that. And that's fine. You've got to that level. If you are an indie band and you start, yes, absolutely. Every time somebody comments on, 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 on a video of yours, interact with that. That person is going to feel great about that. They like that. Um, and they will come back and watch more. The second thing, and maybe it should be number one, really, is consistency. Um, many social media platforms, including YouTube, um, are, are built around consistency. So for example, my channel, I might have some weeks where I will have two, then three, then four videos, but I will always at least have two videos and they will always come out on Tuesday and Thursday and they will always go live at 2.30 a.m. Eastern time, which is 8.30 in the morning in Europe where a good amount of my viewers come from. So people that like my content, whether or not it's an interview or a shorter video or what have you, they know by now that when they open their phone and they open the YouTube app on a Tuesday morning as they're going to school or to work or whatever, there's a new video for them. Um, and that's really important. It doesn't mean you have to do multiple videos a week. Um, you know, if you're a band, you're, you might not be able to do so. Um, uh, you can, uh, but, but if it's like one, one video a month, fine. Every first Monday of the month. I'm just making this up. I, although I think that Tuesday, Thursday, and Fridays tend to be better days to to, to release something. Um, but um, but keep that consistency. Yeah, uh, keep that consistency. Um, and um, uh, second or third, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, YouTube has made a lot of changes to be... Um, easier to connect with other social media platforms. So a lot of bands have gone, you know, to the TikTok side, right? Oh, it's all about short content. There's YouTube shorts. You can create TikTok content, but still make that flow on YouTube as well. YouTube has been has done a great job. If you look at all the social media that came and went to be there for now 30 years. And um, I find that today people are getting more back into YouTube, especially for more in-depth content. And I feel that there's this need with people to have more than just a five second, very shallow content. At least that's what I see. Now, I, again, I do interviews. So my videos tend to be between 10 and 20 minutes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, don't, don't forget about YouTube. Um, even if you've got a great follow on TikTok, great. Make your TikTok videos, but just make sure that whenever you post them, that they automatically get posted on YouTube as well in their shorts reel. So you keep content going and fresh. So those are, those are some things I would say. Although uh, I want to say also, um, any band that's listening, if you 
can can strong arm your PR team in releasing your album not on a Friday, I will love you. Because <laughs> it's, I know it, that this is my outsider view, and I know that there's stuff with charts and whatever. Down, down. But but here's the thing: like, I get we get nothing for six days, and then here's 40 new albums on a Friday, um, and it's like, sure myself and other people like me, we get access to these albums earlier, sometimes way too early. Like, please don't start a PR campaign today when you have an album coming out in July. Like I, that, that doesn't make sense to me, but um, myself and other people will like to promote albums we like and give you a little bit of an extra push. But if every, everything comes out on the same day and it's always like, there's always this one Friday every month <laughs> that yeah. most things come out um uh, uh, but yeah curtis you you tell people why uh, they should post uh, on fridays but i don't like it well i'll, I'll tell can Leah, do i have a second just to uh tell people the pr pr of version course. of it um i i agree with you actually in 100 um the only reason why i disagree as a pr is because if they don't release on a friday there's like a shit ton of new release lists that they are automatically disqualified for right so um, that's like 10 pieces of press right there. You won't get, you won't get the metal injection, weekly injection for sure. You'll miss out on metal sucks for sure. You'll miss out on not best. You'll miss out on a ton of stuff. But that being said, as a consumer, I agree with you 100%. Well, and, and also like, you know, um, <laughs> if we play this a little bit, if we let this play out, if you are one of 50 releases on Friday, what's the chances you're going to end up on the top 10 album list anyway it yeah it's a dice i know it's a dice yeah i know i'm just telling anyway. you that's my reason what i will no, say no, though i and know I'm there's seeing... reasons why but what one kind of like in between place that you can be is i am seeing a lot of singles and videos dropping on tuesdays and wednesdays and thursdays right. now you can absolutely take that path for your singles yeah even if you can't do it for the album yeah. yeah. And I do that with my interviews as well. Right. Like I try to, sometimes that's not always possible because again, I don't want to release 10 interviews in one week, even if all 10 bands are releasing on the same Friday. So I usually choose like, which are the two bands that I want to highlight the most that week? Uh, because if um, a band is releasing an album on this Friday, for example, and I've interviewed them, then my preference is to release that interview on Tuesday, even if I recorded that interview a month or two months ago, because in the week of the launch, most of the fans are getting the most excited and they're looking for some content and some tidbits, um, but it's still a few days before. So there's still that exclusivity feel to it. Like the fans that watch the interview get to know something other people don't just yet. Uh, so yeah, I try to do the same thing as people with singles and, and and so on. I will actually tell you this one thing because I know it came up in a previous conversation you guys did on the podcast. And this is just purely me as a content creator. Um, I probably would be different if I was a fan, but I almost auto-delete all emails about singles just because I get so much about full albums. And that's traditionally when people are trying to promote themselves. So most interview cycles are set up to promote the album anyway um so i'm not really already going to invest my time when a single come out comes out i'll give you an How example are you gonna do it a split knot does that whole single thing next year like uh and they don't release an album well and you want to get the slipknot Kurt, interview Kurt, curtis slipknot is one of those bands that if they tell me Ooh. hey jasper 
Can you jump at 3 a.m. at night tonight with no preparation? Jasper jumps. I get it. <laughs> three, I get it. Three, I get nine it. times if they need me to. Um, Slipknot is a different level, right? But I'll give you an example of a bigger, of a decent sized band. Um, the new Delane album is dropping soon. Yeah. Their first single came out in August, which I thought was ridiculous because it's super early. Now, people that have been following Delane know that there's been quite some um some 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 interesting things going on you can now make a, a mexican soap opera about that whole saga um and so i think that they were trying to reclaim some of the spotlight that former members were getting um but i am not going to waste my time asking the napalm records uh pr team hey can i do an interview with delane in august when their album is dropping in you know january uh, nope, they're not going to do that anyway. So that's why I'm like, you know, it, unless you are choosing, which some bands are doing, to only do kind of like, hey, single, a couple of months later, another single, and then at the end of six singles, we'll put them together on one EP and we start the next cycle. That's your choice. Great. But if you are still, if the end product is still a full album, then I find that most people only want to talk about it anyway, like two months before, which is what I like time wise. Uh, time, time wise. Um, so yeah, um, I, I, uh, I kind of auto delete all emails that contain the word single or new video release, even if it says not safe for work video, um, <laughs> which I'm like, come on. <laughs> um, so going back to this, um, idea of bands not releasing their albums on Fridays, I'm not sure I understand how that affects, um, when you release an interview, because you. Why don't why wouldn't you just release the interview the week before the album comes out? Oh, I I can, um, and sometimes I have to because you know the January and February, as I'm sure you know, is are very busy months. I mean, sorry, end of January, uh, because the first two weeks of January, very few albums are being released. Yeah, no, everybody's uh, still and, hungover from the holidays. Right, right, and then you see like, oh, this band released a new album and they're number one in the charts in this country. It's like, well, yeah, nobody else released something, so congratulations. Um, it's kind of like Iron Maiden being number one in the charts, but they released, you know, 10 different versions of the album and everybody buys all 10 versions because they like to collect like myself. Um, but you know, it's getting really busy and then you have to kind of make choices. Um, so let's say that four bands are releasing an album the same day. I'm not going to release four interviews on the same day. Right. Um, and, um, I mean, I just find based on the 500 videos I've done so far in two and a half years, um that um interviews released with artists forget about the really famous artists right because that's unfair but interviews released with artists that are days away from releasing an album get more views early on than um uh interviews released with bands that have an album coming out in two or three weeks or a week or two ago that happens as well right like you know sometimes it's like yeah. oh hey this band is releasing an album tomorrow and hey guess what we have some time tomorrow can you do it can you interview them and it's like i can interview them before the release but i'm not going to be able to edit everything or all of a sudden put you in you know ahead in the queue and, and stuff like that um so that's just like just my personal experience Aaliyah. um and and to me that makes sense like if an album comes out of a band that i'm really interested in like that whole week i'll get a little bit more interested and excited and i'll you know look for some information that's available and, and so on does that answer your question yeah i would say so okay um 
I'm not sure. I don't see, I don't, I don't know how long we've been talking because time just flies when we're talking to you, Jasper. Uh, and I, I've come across today more than ever as a grumpy old, like annoying person. So I do love talking to bands. Don't get me wrong. I don't know why frustrations are coming out right now, but uh, thank you for all the work. Of course. And thank you for all the work that you do. I love your interviews. I think you'd make the best interview questions and some of the best interview questions, not no offense to other people who we love, who also listen to our podcast. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate your insight on this. Um, Curtis, do you have any questions before I ask my final? Um, no, because we will probably end up going over time because the one I would like to ask is going to be in depth. So I am going to hold that for the next time. All right. We you're hooked. You're hooked into a next time. Jasper. Yes. Did you see I, how I, I did I, that? I, I just kind of lured him in. That. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I signed, I signed my life away, but that's all cool. Yeah. That's all cool. cool. All right. Final question then is how do you, how relevant is production quality versus the names on the interview? Do you think? Oh, uh, so uh, production quality of the interview. Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, but, but Jasper, there was a caveat there versus okay. the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I get that. Um, Making sure you got that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I got that. Um, so it's um, uh, both are important. Um, I mean, if I look at like some of my favorite interviews that I've done that I think are really fun, engaging conversations uh, can be with lesser known names and at the end of the day, even if some of those interviews get a couple of thousand views, which for an in-depth heavy metal interview is not bad, at least for me, you know, like um, my, my most watched interviews have like 35,000 views or less than that. Um, they're, 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 I'm sure there's interview channels out there that have way more, more views and subscribers than mine. Um, but um, I would say that for a quote unquote indie band, that is not on a label, that is working with a PR team. If you do an interview and you get two, 3,000 people watching your interview, it's not bad uh, at all, I would say. Um, um, but I've not had an unknown band or an unknown person get like over 20,000 views. Like it's always like something. Um, like people that are in that level for me are Voice of Bacheprot, which is the all-female Muslim girls uh, band from Indonesia. They have a story to tell. You might not know, you might not know them, but you know there's a big following in Indonesia, and it's a story. It's it's unique. Uh, another one was with Kate and Selmo. The only video interview, as far as I know, that she's done. She is the wife of and the manager of uh, Phil Anselmo and all of his projects. Um, and then Villa Valo, we mentioned before, and some other big artists. So there's always like a, it's either exclusive or a big name. Um, and so, I so guess that, that matters. Like... There's one thing I will say, though, Elliot, to answer your question is um, even a big name, if your production quality is shit, nobody's going to listen to 20 minutes of terrible audio. Right. So and I've had this once where um, I had a uh, I interviewed Andreas Kisser from Sepultura, um, which is funny because in two days from now, I'll be interviewing Max Cavalera. Um, but um, I interviewed Andreas and, you know, calling me from Belo Horizonte with terrible Wi-Fi in Brazil. And 
it took a lot of editing work to make that into that 35 minute conversation into like a 10 minute acceptable interview. And that was really a shame. Um, and so I would say that um, the, the production value, you kind of forget about it as long as it's at a decent level. But like, if the audio is just bad, even if I'm a fan, I'm not going to give you my patience for 20 minutes to listen to robotic audio or whatever. So I, I, I know where you're coming from. Like, I think passion and insight and engagement is super important. A good name adds to that. But there's this like base level that you have to be above. Same with audio, same with lighting, all these things work. You don't need those things to get started. But if you want to have, you know, 20,000 people watching a 20 minute interview, it has to live up to some standards. Just like I was, you know, complaining earlier about like, hey, if you don't have a proper artwork, I'm not going to care. I mean, how good the music might be. I, I'm just not going to listen to it. So does that answer your question? That was perfect. Yes. Okay. There you go. I answered it perfectly. And which is also, <laughs> by the way, one thing, Elia, um, sometimes bands think that the more the merrier, that's not always true. I would say I cap my my group conversations at three people, which is what we did with uh, Shield of Wings, whether or not everybody's in the same room or people are dialing in from different areas. But sometimes it goes like, oh yeah, hey, we've got an interview and there's, you know, there's five people in this band and they're all on the call. And it's like, well, if I want to do a 15 minute interview, that means that if there's five people on average, you'll get, because I'm going to take some time talking, asking the questions, and there's going to be some, you know, music videos. That means that everybody has maybe a minute and a half to speak. That's not really interesting. So um, I would say for indie bands, final piece of advice uh, for everybody, um, look inside the band and determine who talks the best, who is the most comfortable, um, and, and, and make that, like somebody else can do the merch. Somebody else can book the shows, but determine who's going to be your spokesperson and make that person practice, make them comfortable, make sure that they have more than a yes or no answer. Um, and, 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 and give him that, give he or she that confidence. Um, but don't all want to be, you know, in the spotlight because it's actually going to be a negative result. If all of you are on the call, like just one or two people. That's what we need, right? And that everybody can speak a little bit and we have an actual conversation. Sorry, go ahead. No, that was perfect conclusion. Um, and I think all I think what what happened with Shield of Wings is that um, we have a very young band member who is not was not experienced in doing interviews, but I wanted mm -hmm. she's the she's the face of the band. Um, right. So I want her to be in the interviews and. Um, I think it makes sense to have her in the interviews, but I just, we were there kind of more support for her. Yeah. yeah. And, and three works like, you know, you can make that work and, you know, it takes a little, and this is something I know that this is a little bit of a, is it, I don't know if the, is it pet peeve, is that the right term? But for Curtis, I know, cause we, it came up last time we spoke. If you score interviews, whether it's on your own or through a PR team, make sure your PR team, or if you're working direct the 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 quote unquote journalist know who they're talking to. If I know that I'm going to talk to you, James and uh, what's her name? Laura. Laura, thank you. Great. I'll have questions for you. 
because you know an interview is not with a band it's with a person and there is there are few things worse for an interviewer that has prepared questions and last minute is talking to other people been or there. more people which Jasper i know has i know there oh yeah he's for talked sure. about it on a previous episode yeah, yeah exactly and it's it's just you know again cheap goals score points yeah. over communicate i will be there yes yeah. this is where you find the information this is confirm you got the the invite confirm you got the link do you have any questions no yes over communicate yeah which i failed at today <laughs> so thank you so much for making time for us despite um, my lack of communication. No, 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 no. I thought you were making a comment of me just talking too much. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, but I do think we are out of time for today. So thank you so much for coming on. We will have you back again, if you're willing. And until next time, everyone listening, make like a bull and throw those horns up. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by following or subscribing to us, recommending it to your friends, or leaving us a review on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening to Heavy Business, brought to you by C-Squared Music.